0: Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show dedicated to workplace and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. My name's Annie Blockburn. You would have to be Rip Van Winkle not to have noticed The ongoing attacks on the CFMEU, the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union, by Abbott government policy. The CFMEU has once again been singled out, with the Senate passing a bill to retain coercive powers of the building industry regulator. The laws will mean that construction workers will be the only workers in the country who could be forced against their will, into providing evidence. We will hear from CFMEU National Construction Secretary Dave Noonan later in the show. But first, to the Commonwealth Public Sector Union. Over this month, the CPSU, an organisation of 1.8 million members, will be taking part in rolling strikes. Stick Together was down on the corner of Spencer and Collins Street in Melbourne on the 19th of May with Bureau of Meteorology workers who were taking strike action and listening to CPSU leadership on the day the public sector was roused to action.
1: Um, My name's Beth Vincent-Peach. I'm Deputy Secretary of the CPSU. As you know, members across the CPSU, not just at the Bureau, but this month um, 50% of the APS workforce coverage will be uh, working in agencies taking strike action this month. So that includes uh, Centrelink, Medicare, Child Support, Defence, the ATO, Employment, Environment, the Library, uh, you name it, uh, we'll all be taking strike action this month and more to come. Fantastic. But the Bureau is very special and just to prove that point, with us today we have our National Secretary Nadine Flood and also ACTU President Jed Carney, Yay! all right now here is somebody that uh, I've already introduced but needs no introduction, here's Nadine Flood, Yay! Yay! awesome it's great to see you and it's great to be here look I flew in last night from Human Services stop work and I have to say at Centrelink Medicare and Child Support yesterday they're pretty excited to hear you were going out today um, so it's great to see everyone here together um, I have to say it's a really impressive effort. We are facing one of the biggest fights this union has had in a long time. It's not a fight we picked. This government didn't have to have this fight. They could have actually sat down last year and said, look, guys, you know, times are tough, money's tight, but we're going to give you this sort of fairly average pay rise. No changes to conditions and leave. Let's just sort it out and get on with the work. We know that, you know, we're cutting thousands of jobs it's pretty tough in the public sector. Well, they decided that just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to cut over 17,000 jobs since the federal election. It wasn't enough to do massive damage to publicly funded science and research agencies. Bomb hasn't been hit quite as hard as some, but I talked to people at the CSIRO, they've lost one in five jobs. You know, it's just gut-wrenching. It's shocking and of course they gutted areas like the tax office cutting four and a half thousand jobs what does that mean that means more cuts to services more cuts to health and education and of course more cuts in science research and innovation so it's tough times for the public sector so what did they decide to do they decided to take the most draconian position that any major employer in Australia is currently offering in, in bargaining We've challenged Minister Erica Betts and Public Service Commissioner John Lloyd. Name one, just one major private sector company in Australia that is proposing stripping 40 to 70% of content out of enterprise agreements, cutting conditions, including conditions that help people balance work and family, increasing working hours, cutting leave, and all of that for a pay offer, on average, less than 1% a year they can't this is not public service bargaining in the real world this is public service bargaining as ideological warfare it's extraordinary and so we're prepared to have that fight we didn't pick it but we'll have it and I have to say that I'm pretty excited to see the support that is growing around the place so we can say now that over 10,000 people have joined the CPSU since this bargaining policy was released. And uh, another 250 joined last week when the budget, after the budget came out. That's important because that's people coming to recognize what you know, which is the only way we can take on governments and win big fights is by sticking together. When we stick together, we actually have the power to make change. And if you want a demonstration of that, there is no better demonstration than what we have already achieved in this campaign despite the challenges. So last year, government decided that one of the issues they would attack is of course our 15.4% public sector superannuation. We had 84 active bargaining tables all being told we have to strip this out of the agreement. We made it an issue. Government fought hard. Minister Matthias Cormann and Erica Betts absolutely slammed us in the media, in the parliament, said it was ridiculous, you know, this is protected in a trust deed. Unfortunately for them, um, we actually have people in the CPSU who can read legislation and trust deeds. So we were able to come out and say, look, If you remove these protections, the Ministers will have the capacity to change it. We campaigned on that for almost a year and six weeks ago, they blinked. They got the chief negotiators together on a teleconference and the Public Service Commissioner said, that's it, you can put 15.4% back in. 24 hours later, seven agencies had done so. 72 hours later, Over 20 agencies had flagged that. Now that shows who we're really bargaining with. We're bargaining with the minister, not the agencies. Your agency does not actually have the capacity to control what they can offer. But on that day, recognize this, what you did by being a CPSU member, by sticking together, by backing this campaign. You have already helped protect the retirement incomes of 160,000 public sector workers. And I'm confident that as we go into this fight that we actually can win. Do you think we can win? Yeah, Yeah, I reckon we actually can. We're going to have a fight, but we're going to have a smart fight. We are taking rolling stoppage action. We are taking action that is directed at putting pressure on the government rather than putting pressure on our members. So right now, as part of this round of action, Staff in customer facing areas in DHS are handing 1.3 million flyers to members of the public about what the government's doing. Not costing our members any money, but the government really doesn't like it. Well the next print run, our border protection agencies are coming on board. It's taken a little bit longer because they're merging a couple of them, so it's a bit a bit complicated. But customs and immigration are about to join in this fight, which is pretty exciting we are going to be taking more industrial action we are going to be asking you in june to stop work for about half a day and to come together with other agencies across the Commonwealth public sector nationally and then we will be taking this campaign out into the community now all of that all of that is because this government has decided not to sit down and talk you're listening to stick together workers' stories and union
0: news.
1: Broadcast on around the country every week we on the Community Radio Network.
0: You are listening to Stick Together, the only national radio show focusing on union news and social justice issues. We opened the show promising to hear the reaction of CFMEU National Construction Secretary Dave Noonan to the news that the Senate had passed government legislation retaining the coercive powers of the building industry regulator. Here is Dave Noonan.
2: The uh, Senate passed a, um, a bill the other day which has the effect of extending coercive powers which the uh, Abbott's uh, Building and Construction Commission uh, have their powers to Force workers to attend uh, coercive interviews or interrogations, and to answer questions at those interviews. Workers have no uh, right to silence, um, and must uh, they must attend and they must answer all questions put by the uh, ABCC inspectors. And um, of course, the subject of the interviews is, uh, is purely about industrial relations. Uh, this regulator's got no powers over any other matters, uh, including criminal matters, and uh, the effect of the laws is that uh, workers are forced to uh, implicate their workmates uh, if there's been industrial action or right of entry issues on a site. Uh, we asked uh, who said what at union meetings, who moved resolutions, and failure to answer questions can result in uh, prosecution with a six-month uh, prison sentence. We have seen uh, one prosecution proceed uh, right through the trial against uh, not a union official but a rank-and-file worker, which was um, Arc tribe in Adelaide a few years ago.
0: This is the same sort of arrangement for uh, anti-terrorist laws.
2: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, anti-terrorist uh, organisations also enjoy coercive powers. Um, it's pointed out by the government that soda bodies, such as um, the Australian uh, Consumer and Competition Commission and, and some other uh, regulators, but of course, uh, these are in the main targeted at serious criminal activity. Um, the Australian Crime Commission also has some powers like this. But what this is all about, of course, uh, is the government trying to conflate uh, issues of industrial relations with issues of criminality. Now, um, you know, again, we saw uh, the headline when um, uh, Murdoch's Herald Sun was reporting this matter uh, where it claimed that uh, these powers were going to crack down on corruption. That, of course, is an outright lie. The Building Construction Commission has got no powers in respect of corruption. They only have powers about industrial relations, but as part of the, if you like, assault on uh, workers' rights and union rights in this country, the uh, Coalition government and its, um, uh, its uh, lapdogs at uh, News Limited will deliberately conflate the issues to try and uh, justify laws which have got no uh, logical justification otherwise.
0: Does this information feed into the Royal Commission that uh, is being uh, run by the Abbott government?
2: Well, the interaction between the Royal Commission and the ABCC is... Sorry, the Fair Work Building Commission, as it's still called, is entirely um, unclear. It's very murky. We understand that uh, officers of the Fair Work Building Commission are seconded uh, to the uh, Royal Commission. Uh, The Royal Commission has, of course, uh, experienced uh, leaking uh, to the media on a number of occasions, and the Fair Work Building Commission, under its various uh, heads has a long record of backgrounding journalists of uh, releasing uh, information which should not be released in the public domain and, of course, of uh, attempting to uh, demonise union officials and construction workers and and, and they do that as part of a campaign to, if you like, uh, build their empire. And uh, I think uh, we haven't yet looked at all of the budget figures but uh, judging on um, uh, past performance you will see that whilst other... Government agencies, and particularly agencies like the Australian Taxation Office, the Securities and Investment Commission, which is supposed to regulate corporate behaviour, and the Fair Work Ombudsman, which is supposed to deal with industrial relations compliance at large, uh, have their budget slashed to the bone. The Abbott government continues to shovel tens of millions of dollars into this ideological attack dog against construction workers.
0: Construction workers are being singled out you are the only workers in the whole of Australia that this applies to?
2: Yeah, well, the laws laws could apply at large, but, of course, the regulators targeted against construction workers. Of course, the other thing that's worth noting is that um, the Coal Royal Commission, which was the Howard government's um, uh, inquiry, we've had many inquiries into the industry, which, reg- which recommended the setting up of um, the Building and Construction Commission, at least suggested that the commission ought to Uh, prosecute employers who break the law by underpaying workers or ripping off entitlements. The head of the Fair Work Building Commission, Mr Hatchkiss, has unilaterally made a decision that he won't use any of the Building Construction Commission's powers against employers who rip off workers in the industry. And there are plenty. We deal with constant cases of Phoenix companies, of sham contracting, of underpayment of wages, Building and Construction Commission has taken a unilateral policy decision not to enforce the law against employers and that's really a serious corruption of public policy.
0: The industrial productivity in the construction industry has been phenomenal over the last decade and this includes uh, things like uh, negotiating 10-hour days and working over six six days that sort of thing so and and in in some cases for example the rmit uh construction site that was a 24 hour a day construction site so it's not like the uh construction workers and their union haven't negotiated uh, increased productivity within the framework of construction so what is it they're aiming to achieve do you think
2: well the australian construction industry is one of the most productive in the world it's um Uh, and uh, that's confirmed by, you know, um, multinational companies that have worked elsewhere. It is a high-wage economy, uh, a high-wage industry relatively, and um, uh, we don't uh, resolve from that. It's the job of unions to do the best they can for their members in the collective bargaining system we've got. Uh, But uh, there are very significant profits made in the construction industry, and you only have to look at the levels of investment from abroad in apartment building in um, Melbourne, Sydney and the other major cities at the moment to see uh, that developers are making plenty of money. All the union says is that workers ought to have a fair share of that. It is an industry that is characterised by, by long hours. As you've said, uh, there's uh, a lot of out-of-hours work in the industry. We've um, been success, successful uh, in putting some uh, caps around excessive overtime, but uh, current agreements, for example, in the state of Victoria still provide for a combination of ordinary and overtime up to 56 hours a week. A lot of people don't realise that construction workers uh, are required to work uh, very commonly on Saturdays by their employer. Uh, So um, hours are long, uh, productivity is high. Uh, We still face serious challenges around safety. Uh, We still face serious challenges around job security and the security of entitlements. And uh, at the moment, we're also saying to the employers and to the industry at large that there is a systematic underinvestment in apprenticeships and training opportunities for workers in the industry. So um, the industry is not without its problems, but it's a productive industry by international standards. Uh, what, what's very clear is that uh, the other government's got no, ind- no intention of really dr- addressing any issues around productivity, training, safety or uh, attracting investment to the industry, it is purely about trying to weaken and get rid of unions. And that, of course, is exactly what the Hayden Royal Commission's about. The Hayden Royal Commission is a blunt tool with which to hammer the trade union movement and the Labor Party. Uh, Abbott has a record. Uh, we've seen that the Pink Bats Royal Commission, with the Coal Royal Commission, uh, of using the very serious powers of Royal Commissions as a... One instrument with which to attack his enemies. And um, given the very strong uh, powers that Royal Commissions have got, again, coercive powers, it's a real problem in public policy when very serious inquiries are abused in this way and and politicised as the Hayden Royal Commission is being politicised by this government. And the agenda of the government is clear. Um, They know Uh, that uh, they were defeated on work choices at the 2007 election. It was a substantial public policy issue uh, that defeated uh, John Howard. They also know they want to get back to compulsory individual contracts. That is the holy grail for the Liberal Party and the coalition in Australia. And in order to do so, they have to take out the main opponent, which is the trade union movement that ran a successful campaign against them in 2007. That's why there are attacks on uh, institutions uh, such as the construction unions. Uh, But the calling of the Hayden Royal Commission uh, is to uh, damage the credibility, uh, but also to sap the funds of the broader trade union movement to make it easier uh, for the sorts of radical reforms that uh, Abbott wants to bring in uh, and big business wants him to bring in. And um, we know what they are, they're compulsory individual contracts. Uh, the removal of right for collective representation and um, uh, reductions of things like penalty rates, minimum uh, uh, wages and so on. That's the agenda of big business. They're pretty open about it. And, um, Tony Abbott's their agent. Um, and uh, that's why it's important that uh, unions continue to coordinate um, a fight back against this agenda and that in going into the next election, we have a co- cohesive, uh, progressive and united Labor movement to... Um, defend those living standards by a feeding habit.
0: Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Come on at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost, and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as
1: important as everyone else.
0: Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs.
1: Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women.
3: Muckety is a bad deal, but muckety is absolutely not a done deal.
0: You're listening to Women on the Line.
3: Welcome again to Lost in Science.
0: And welcome to
1: another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Annika Swall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global
2: warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play.
0: Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voice is broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. You're
1: listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Stick 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 Together. Stick Together. Stick Together. Stick Together. Stick Together.
3: Stick Together. Stick Together. Stick Together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community
0: Radio. The final story for Stick Together today is the historic signing of a memorandum of understanding between Australian unions and the provisional government of West Papua. Let's hear from Ronnie Karini, West Papua an activist, who explains the importance of the MOU.
3: My name is Ronnie Kareni and I'm a West Papuan activist based here in Melbourne and have been engaged with West Papuan movement um, since I arrived here in Australia. And recently we have a Department of Foreign Affairs, Trade and Immigration Office down at the Docklands um, in which it's over a year now that this office has been established and functioning. And it's been great that um, On Friday, 15th of May, we had a signing ceremony with the trade union movement.
0: And that's with the Victorian Trades Hall? Or is that the ACTU?
3: It's with the ACTU, the Victorian Trades Hall Council, the Ballarat Trades Hall Council, Geelong and also Bendigo.
0: Great. So they all came to, to sign a document around a memorandum of understanding in regards to West Papua, supporting West Papua's struggle.
3: That's right. Yes, they all came in support. And some of the key objectives of signing that memorandum of understanding is to support the, the nation state that West Papua established in October 2011 in which it recognises the United Liberation Movement. It is a, a unified body where the Federal Republic of West Papua is one of the pillars under that unified front um, in which the application to become a membership at the Melanesian Spearhead Group in June 2015. And so also... Um, Basically, with that MOU, it recognizes the self-determination of the West Papuan people in which, you know, in line with the UN principles. In Papua, I went back home late last year to, visit, um, to bury my mom, and I could see that in a street, you could see one Papuan equivalent to six Indonesians, and yeah. that's the, just looking at the broad view on the on the streets. And that already showed um, itself that this is happening where the marginalisation and especially like the democratic space for Papuans to peacefully express their political views or you know to come together together now it's really closing down, and so. Given that in the last few years there is a growing support for the West Papuan cause, um, the Indonesian government knew that um, there is an immense pressure on the um, current government to open the region for human rights organizations, um, foreign journalists, and also the call for free political prisoners. And this has been the bigger trigger point for Indonesia to really um, crack down on peaceful activists. So, you know, on one hand, the growing support outside is opening up the region and through the social media has helped. But on the other hand, the military is really targeting the peaceful activists. And it's sad, like even on May Day, when... People coming out to celebrate the spirit of May Day, and Papuans came out in solidarity to also call on you know the significance of the day. Two hundred and sixty nine Papuans across where, across Papua were arrested and detained, and we haven't had any further information whether they've already released or not, but they were unlawfully detained.
0: So this um, MOU that you've signed with the uh, ACTU and uh, local uh, trades hall councils in Victoria is part of a step towards uh, making uh, the West Papuan issue an international issue.
3: That's right. And also to call on the, the trade unions to um, recognise, especially West Papua's self-determination, um rights and to there is the um the labor um conference coming up later in the year that the to get the trade union movement to um push the West Papua's agenda especially on on self determination at the labor to change their policy from self uh, self um self autonomy or special autonomy sorry to self determination because at the at, up until now both the the Liberal and the Labor government, their policy on West Papua is special autonomy, which has failed the Papuans over a decade now. And so they need to seriously look into their policy. So part of this MOU is to get that um, support and recognition. That's it for Stick Together.
0: Over the next few weeks, we would like you to consider 3CR's upcoming Radiothon. If you have enjoyed listening to our program or any of the other nationally broadcast 3CR shows on the CRN network, go to 3cr.org.au and make your donation count to A Better Australia. Our Radiothon runs from June the 1st to the 14th. Thanks to you for listening in. And we have to thank Nardine Flood from the CPSU, Dave Noonan from the CFMEU and Ronnie Carini from the nation-state of West Papua for talking with us today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The broadcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at stick.together at com, or you can call us on 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.